But tonight I'm going to talk about something that I truly believe during this time and during this hour and during this season is something that we must talk about. And the title of my message tonight is Fear, the Number One Enemy of Faith. Fear, the Number One Enemy of Faith. When Franklin Delano Roosevelt took the oath of office and became the 32nd president of the United States, America was at the very bottom of the Great Depression. Banks were collapsing. More than half of the U.S. industrial production disappeared overnight. Unemployment was 25%. One out of every four Americans were out of work and had no hope of getting a job anytime soon. And there were two million Americans homeless living on the streets. We think we have it bad now. It was really bad then. But in his inaugural address, FDR made a statement that galvanized the nation. This great nation will endure as it has always endured. It will revive and it will prosper. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. For fear will destroy us. Fear eats away our faith like cancer. It continues to grow until it chokes out your ability to believe. We have fear of terrorism, fear of stalkers, if you're famous, fear of our spouse or for our spouse and our children, fear of identity theft, fear of con contaminated food, fear of germs, and many of us can relate, fear of viruses, fear of cancer, fear of global warming, or they now call it climate change. Fear of pesticides, school shootings, drugs, gangs, cartels, or even our own government. We fear war. I'm talking about fear. We live in a constant state of fear. Everywhere we turn, we face frightening and fearful things. I read an article entitled American Fear. And in it, I read, ordinary children today are more, are more fearful than psychiatric patients were in the 1950s. Ordinary children today are more fearful than psychiatric patients in the 50s. Dr. Don Cooper wrote, whether they realize it or not, Americans live in a constant state of fear every day. I, I don't want to be misunderstood tonight thinking that I'm, I'm insensitive, insensitive to fears. I don't mean to minimize the very real fears that exist among us. I certainly don't want to appear callous to the fact that so many people deal with fear on a daily basis. Nor do I mean to criticize precious people who have succumbed to fear. But I do want you to know, and I'm speaking to you tonight, if that is someone who's living their life in fear, that fear is the number one enemy of faith. As children of God, we cannot and we must not give in to fear. We must not embrace fear, dwell on fear, or even learn to live with fear. Allow fear to control our life. Give our mind and our thinking over to fear. But you may ask, why is fear so dangerous for a child of God? Because fear fights faith. Fear will paralyze you physically. Fear will also, also and equally paralyze you spiritually. Fear will hinder your prayer life, reading of your word, 
your church attendance, and your fellowship with your brothers and sisters. I feel like this is exactly what we're experiencing in this time right now, where people are scared to even leave their homes. People are scared because of this virus. And, and I'm, again, I don't want you to think I'm being insensitive to, to the virus because I do believe it exists. I do believe in this, but we must not live in a constant state of fear for it kills our faith. It is our faith and our trust in God that will ultimately overcome fear because it is the antidote against fear. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we literally fight fear with faith, faith and our trust. But you might be wondering, why is it so important that I overcome fear? For Paul wrote, without faith, it is impossible to please God. My first scripture tonight is Revelations 21, 7 and 8. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth, uh, excuse me, have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. I'm not reading this scripture to scare anyone tonight because sometimes we think of, well, we read that scripture and we overlook the word fear. We see unbelieving, we see abominable, we see murderers and whoremongers and we fail to see that God is classifying fear with everything for it is impossible to please him. We, we have to do whatever it takes to overcome We've got to do anything and everything necessary to be saved. We can't be tripped up by fear and unbelieving. Hear me out. Nobody's going to make heaven by the skin of their teeth. We'll make it to heaven if we are overcomers. Everyone say overcomers. We'll make it if we purpose in our heart to make it. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be pushed down. You're going to get knocked out of the way. You're going to suffer sickness. You might even suffer what we're calling COVID-19. You're going to suffer sicknesses, setbacks, troubles, and trials. But an overcomer swallows life's hardships, endures the pain of life, weeps through tragedy and loss. And though it all, and through it all, they keep getting back up. They dust off their feet and walk doggedly toward their heavenly home. I want to talk about David. In Psalms 56 and 9, David was in the midst of a horrible family and kingdom turmoil. And he says, When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. God is still on your side. No matter how dark the day, no matter how long the night, no matter how impossible the situation, no matter who or what is against us, no matter how long it has gone on, even when everything that can be shaken is shaking, I know God is for me. 2 Tim Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm going to read that again because I don't think some of you heard that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind. I'm going to remind you that fear not was found 63 times in the King James Version. And be not afraid 26 times in the, in the King James Version. How do I ignore the things going on in my life and fear not? By understanding that your God is bigger than any situation that you could be in. That he is greater than any trial you've ever gone through. That he is more powerful than anything afflicted upon you. So the bigger God is to you, the smaller your fears become. I said be, the bigger God is to you, the smaller your fears become. No wonder the psalmist David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? But David also said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. The enemy uses fear as his number one tool. And you may ask why, and I'm about to tell you, so I'm glad you asked. But it causes worshipers to quit worshiping. It causes men and women of faith to quit trusting. It causes faithful people to stop giving, stop attending, and stop working. Fear hinders revival and church growth. Fear seeks to undermine faith. It sabotages faith. It smothers faith. Fear's ultimate goal is to destroy your faith. In Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that God the Lord, the everlasting God to the ends of the earth, feigneth not? Neither is he weary. There is no searching his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that hath not might, he increases strength. The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't care who you are tonight. The strong arm of the workman is going to become weak. Wrinkles will ultimately spoil the finest of faces. I don't care if you're Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. You will be old and wrinkly one day. The graceful form of youth is going to bend into a tottering shell. The actor will ultimately leave his stage. Youthful genius will give way to slow thinking. The orator's tongue is going to fell him. But God said, I am God and I change not. He cannot forget. He will not get any weaker. He'll never lose his mind. His power will not diminish. His love and compassion will never diminish. I'm glad to tell you tonight that God is greater than your mess. That God is greater than your enemy. He's greater than any problem that you've ever gone through. He's, he's greater than your fears. Amen. For he is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I ask this question, why be fearful? Why be fearful? Psalms 23, 4 through 6 say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I ask you again, what are you afraid of? 
He will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. He will protect you from the enemy with his rod and his staff. He will feed you and provide for you, even in the presence of your enemies. He will anoint you and he will bless you. He will show you mercy and goodness all throughout your life. So again, I ask you, what are you afraid of? Psalms 91, he will deliver thee from the noise, from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that raceth at noonday. Eight thousand shall fall at the side and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee because thou hast made the Lord, which is the most high, even my refuge, thy habitation. There shall no, be no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear up in their arms, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone." Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the dragon thou shalt trample under foot. So what am I doing tonight? I'm challenging Pentecostals of Phoenix. That I don't care what you're going through. And, I, and again, I, I know I said this earlier, but I do not want you to think or misunderstand that I'm being insensitive to real fears. Because I do understand that there are a lot of people that live their life in a constant state of fear. And I can only imagine what COVID-19 has done for you. It's put you in a, in, in a deeper state of fear. But I'm going to go back to my title that fear is the number one faith, I mean number one enemy to faith. It's the number one tool or weapon Satan wants to use for you to become faithless. A little boy was trapped in the rubble of the San Francisco earthquake. His father told him many times, if anything ever happens to you, I will always get to you. No matter what happens to you in life, I won't ever leave you and I will always come for you. So when an earthquake hit and his, his first floor classroom was buried under a mountain of rubble and the other children would cry in terror, he would resolutely say to them, don't worry, my dad loves me and he promised that he would always get me out. He won't stop until he gets me out. His dad dug for three days straight without rest to get his boy. When he got to him, he asked, son, were you afraid? The boy said, there were times that I would start to get scared. And then I would remember you telling me that you wouldn't leave me. That you would get me and get to me no matter what happened. That helped, that helped me not to be afraid. I want to remind us that Jesus said, and as our musicians come, that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I feel throughout, throughout this time, through COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, I could care less. We're, 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 we're living in a constant state of fear. And I, and, and I don't want to discourage anyone from, from taking your precautions in life. I understand that. I understand you know, the wearing mask, I completely understand that. I have times worn a mask myself just to protect me and my wife. But I refuse to live my life in fear. 
I refuse to let the enemy know that I am fearful. And I'm calling on Pentecostals of Phoenix. I'm challenging you. Because I feel like there's a lot of people, and I, and I, and I go back to, to what I said earlier about worshipers stop worshiping. And I feel like I've seen that lately. A lot of you that I used to see worshiping, I don't see you worshiping anymore. A lot of you that I, that I see used to walk around with a smile on your face, you're not walking around with a smile on your face anymore. And I can't help but think that your faith has been overcome by your fear. I have a lot of young people that have came to me over the years. I've been youth pastor about three and a half years, but I've had a lot of young people come to me and Say, Brother Robbie, I, I, I don't feel God. I don't, I don't, I don't feel his presence. I, 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 I cry out to him at times, but I just don't feel him. And I don't even know if he exists. And I simply ask them, well, I simply ask them a few things, but I always go back to faith. What does your faith look like? Do you have faith that he still even exists? Because I'm telling you, the, the enemy wants you to lose that faith. He wants you to lose sight completely to his existence. He wants to get you to that state where you no longer feel him. That you no longer become dependent on him. You're dependent on your government. You're de dependent on your job. You're dependent on everything else but God. And all God wants you to have is a little bit of faith. I know it seems old school, but all he wants is a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all he needs. Because I, I truly believe that if we can just give him a little bit of faith, he's going to reveal himself to us. He's going to reveal himself to your home right now. And if you're, if you're one of those people that are living in a constant state of fear, I'm talking to you tonight. Right there sitting on your couch, I'm speaking to you. And I just hope that this challenges somebody tonight to not be afraid. That faith is the premise and the foundation to everything. I know a lot of times we, 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 we preach Acts 2.38 and what it is to be saved, but sometimes we misunderstand that without faith, we're not pleasing God. And God said it very boldly that without faith, you're not pleasing me. So tonight, I'm, I'm challenging our overcomers tonight. Be an overcomer. Step out. Have faith. Don't live your life in a constant state of fear. And if you feel fearful towards what's going on, and I'm not just talking about COVID-19. Yeah, maybe it kind of struck, struck my interest in preaching about faith, but I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about every trial, every tribulation that you've ever gone through or that you might be going through. Many of you have heard me preach the message, send Judah first. And I actually almost spoke on that tonight. So Judah means praise. And I don't find it coincidental that God always chose Judah first for battle. So I truly believe if we can start or go into a, a situation or a tribulation with praise, what is that? That's exceeding our faith. That's giving us more faith to get through a situation, to get through that battle or get through that war. So POP, I hope somebody receives something tonight from this message. And if you could, just raise your hands. I want, raise your hands in your home. 
And I want you to just raise your hands and tell God how much you appreciate everything he's done to get you thus far. Thank him for every situation, every trial that he's gotten you through thus far. And once you've done that, now I want you to thank him for getting you through the situation that you're currently in. We need to thank him because by thanking him, we're speaking in faith. By thanking him, we're claiming it in his name that he's going to get you through that situation. So as the praise singers start singing, I just pray that you you receive something tonight from this message. And I want to thank you all for being behind POP and just everything that you're doing. God bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, oh, oh. 